Hey, good morning. This is Pastor Faison coming to you from the Living Water Christian Center Church in East Orange, New Jersey. And we are so glad you're here with us as we celebrate Jesus together. Indeed, the weather outside is frightful, but the Lord is allowing us to have service anyway. We're thankful for that. Listen, we want to go into the word of God. We are past the face, and I said that before. We want to go into the word of God. We're still studying our character study on John the Baptist. John the Baptist. Amen. And so this is the third of a four-part study that we're doing on John the Baptist. And we're going to be coming from the gospel of John. Not the same John, of course. This is God's written by the son of Zebedee. Um, the Gospel of John, chapter 3. But before we read that, I want to remind you some things. We, we understand that John the Baptist is a um, forerunner of Christ, not just a forerunner. They're also cousins, right? He's the son of Zechariah and Elizabeth, who served in the temple. And he's, um, you know, because Elizabeth and Mary are cousins, Jesus and John are cousins. Okay, and so we're grateful to know that uh, we want to talk about Jesus just for a moment and his and, and how, how he relates to John. So what happens that Jesus is going to begin his ministry. And when Jesus begins his ministry, there's three requirements that he fulfills before he starts preaching and teaching and doing the great works that he's doing. One of the requirements that he fulfilled is that he waited until he was 30 years old to start. And that's because in Numbers, Numbers chapter 8, verse 24, it says that the priest must be 25 before he could serve as a priest. And so Jesus understanding these things and know that he's being watched and always being criticized, he deliberately waits till he's 30 before he starts ministering. Because imagine if he was 25 or 26, um, someone could challenge him and say, you're not really old enough because, you know, they could challenge his age. You know, it, I know it's ridiculous, like challenging whether um, a certain president was born in the United States or not. Okay. So anyhow, so, so he waited till he was 25. I mean, he waited till he was 30, way past 25 before he started his ministry. The other requirement that Jesus fulfilled is that he allowed John to baptize him. Even though Jesus has no sin and nothing to repent of, and while John the Baptist is preaching repentance and people are being baptized as a sign of their repentance and conversion, Jesus went ahead and was baptized along with them. Even though he had nothing to repent of. You know, and so... And John calls him the Lamb of God. He calls him God's Lamb. And the idea is that even though the living God has no sins and nothing to change and nothing to repent of, the living God provided his own Lamb for a sacrifice. Okay? And so Jesus is that Lamb. He's the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Praise the Lord. And so Jesus was, he allowed himself to be baptized by John to be an example, to be an example of, of the other believers. And also what it does is certifies John's ministry. It authenticates what John's been preaching. John's been saying that the kingdom of God is at hand, that Messiah is coming, and Messiah actually showed up before John. 
he showed up before John to be baptized by him. Okay, and so it it it, it clearly shows that what John was teaching and preaching was right. And I want to encourage all you preachers and teachers of the gospel out there is that if you're preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, you're coming from the Bible, what you're saying is right, and the Lord certifies you. The Lord will bring to pass the things that are being taught in the word of God. And even the doubters will know that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God, because one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is to uh, that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So be encouraged, preacher. You know your your word. I mean, it's not your word, but your work and your ministry will be certified and authenticated, and it is certified and authenticated by the living God. The other thing that Jesus did, he he went and was tempted and tried forty days in the wilderness fasting and being tempted of the devil, right? And so he went through these things. And we, you know, when we study um, later on, before we go into the um, Sermon on the Mount, we talk about the temptations and trials of Jesus and what he went through. Okay, so he went through these things. And so he, he waited till he was 30. He was baptized by John the Baptist as an example for all the believers. And he went and was tried um, 40 days, 40 nights, fasting and being tempted of the devil before he started his public ministry. Now, you got to remember, Jesus knows who he is. It's not like he just found out. He, even at the age of 12, he knew he had to be about his father's business. And that's what he told Mary and Joseph when they were looking for him. And he was in the temple talking to the elders and talking to the leaders. He said, I had to be about my father's business. And even when he was at the wedding, adult Jesus at the wedding with his mom, and they ran out of wine, and she, she brought it to him. She brought the situation to him. He said, it's not my time yet. You know, he said, dear woman, it's not, it's not time for me. It's not time. It's premature for me to be doing miracles and wonders right now. But, of course, it was his mom. <laughs> and he consented. He did what his mother asked him to do. Okay? So that's the thing I want to look at real quick. So the three things that Jesus did, he, 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 he waited to the age of 30. He was baptized by John. And he allowed himself to be tempted and tried by the devil before he started his earthly ministry. Now let's look at the Gospel of John, chapter 3. We hope you have it. The Gospel of John, chapter 3, we're going to start down around verse 22. I need to read some things to you. I want you to see this. What we have here, we have, we're going to have a, a that John the Baptist is going to be exalting and expounding on the Christ. After these things, Jesus and his disciples came into the land of Judea, and there he remained with them and baptized. Now, John also was baptizing. So here's what's going. Jesus is starting his ministry, and he's preaching repentance and baptizing too, as well as John doing the same thing. All right? And so what we understand that there's two ministries going for. Both of them are from God, and, and they are not competing. They are preaching the same thing. 
they're preaching the same thing. You know, we don't compete in church. You know, we don't we don't compare ourselves. We try not to compare ourselves to other people. But you know, we're not. It's not a competition because there's more souls. There's enough souls for every church, for every church to be witnessing and sharing and preaching the gospel. Don't you think? Amen. All right, so so they're 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 working together, and this of course is before John with the prison. We're gonna jump down to verse twenty-five, and there arose a dispute between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purification, and they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher. He who he who was with you beyond the Jordan, to whom you have testified, behold, he is baptizing. And all are coming to him. People are being drawn to Jesus Christ because of the word that he's being preached and because he is the Christ and they're drawn to him. And so it appears that the people who used to be going to John are now coming to Jesus. But John doesn't have a problem with this. Look what John says here. He says, John answered and said to them, a man can receive nothing unless it has been given him given to him from heaven. In other words, if Jesus is receiving disciples and receiving followers, it's being given to him from God. You yourselves bear witness, bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. Verse 29 says, he who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. John says, I'm not the bridegroom. <laughs> I'm not the bridegroom. I'm the friend of the bridegroom. And when the bridegroom receives the bride, I celebrate, I rejoice. Just like you friends who go to weddings and maybe you're, um, maybe you're in the wedding party and you're there and you might be single and unattached, but when your friend receives the bride, you know, when he gets married, we celebrate. We celebrate. John says, I'm celebrating. I'm, I'm, my joy is full. I'm glad the bridegroom is here and he's going to receive the bride. And I'm, I'm good with that. Okay. And verse 30 is the key. He says here, he must increase, but I must decrease. In other words, John is saying, he has to be enlarged. He has to be augmented. He has to be waxing, and I have to get smaller. In other words, John is saying, it's his time. My time is ending. Okay? So Jesus must increase. And we all understand that you preachers and teachers of the gospel message, and whatever ministry we serve in, whatever our ministry vocation is, is to exalt Jesus. Right? It's all about Jesus and not about any of us. Unfortunately, it appears that some of us want to be, want to make it about us, but it should be all about Jesus Christ. He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. He's the one that should be increasing. As much as we all want to have um, larger and more and, and expand the work that we're doing. And, you know, we call it our work, but it's really his work. You know, as much as we all want more people and more ministry, it's all about Jesus. And he's the one that should be increasing, 
not the, not Reverend Faison or the next person. It's all about him increasing. And so we need to, we're participating in the kingdom of God. Listen, we talk about the fivefold ministry. We talk about apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. Really, Jesus is the prophet, is the apostle. He's the prophet. He's the evangelist. He's the pastor. He's the teacher. And we who claim participate, we who participate in the fivefold ministry, we share in his work. So if you have a title, you have an office, you have a title, you have a gift, you have an anointing, it's from the Lord, and you're just sharing in his work. Because he's the only one, really. He's the, he is the apostle. He is the prophet of God. He is the evangelist. He is the pastor and teacher. And the rest of us kind of share with him. We work together with him. We work under his authority. We do the ministry of reconciliation because of what Jesus is and has done. Amen? Amen. So look what it says here. Let me read this to you, verse 30 again. He must increase, but I must decrease. He who comes from above is above all. And he who is of the earth is earthly and speaks of the earth. So John said, he's from above. <laughs> and he is above all. And I'm earthly. And I'm limited. I'm, I have a limitation. I have, you know, but Jesus is above all. He's from above. He's from heaven. He's from God. And he's above all. And I am earthly, and I am under subjection to him. All right? Look at this. Verse, 30, verse 32. And what he has seen and heard, that he testifies. And no one receives his testimony. Oh, my goodness. He says that Jesus testifies to what he has seen and heard. He's from heaven. So he testifies the things of God. And he said, but he says, but no one receives his testimony. However, verse 33 says, he who received his testimony has certified that God is true. So anyway, if you receive the testimony of Christ, you receive the word of Christ, you receive the gospel, you receive what Jesus is teaching, you're certifying and you're standing with the Lord saying, What God is what God says is true. Now the scripture does say. Let God be true and every man be a liar, right? But when we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, we're saying this is true. This is true, okay? The gospel is true. Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. And those who believe that are saying that is true. Those who say that he died for our sins and was risen on the third day is saying that this is true. Amen? Because, of course, we can't believe something that's not we don't believe to be true. And we certainly can't preach and teach what we do not believe to be true. I know somebody's saying, but there are some hypocrites out there, Pastor. There are some folks. All right? Okay, but we're not talking about them. We're talking about the true believers, like you and me. Okay? Here we go. Verse 34. For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God. But God does not give the spirit by measure. Do you understand that? It says, he who God has sent speaks the words of God. 
Jesus is sent from the Father. He speaks the words of God. And he does not have the spirit of God by measure. He does not have a he does not have a limit to how much spirit he has in what John is saying that the spirit of God flows through him. Remember, Jesus is God, the Father is God, and the Spirit is God. Okay? There's only one God. So what he's saying is that the Spirit of God is not given to Jesus by measure. It continually flows through him. It's no limit. There's not a measure. There's not a limit. There's, it doesn't ever top off. He never, he never has enough. It continually flows through him. Remember, at Jesus' baptism, the Spirit of God descended upon him, and the voice from heaven said, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. All right? Now, when Jesus goes to the Mount, what we call the Mount of Transfiguration, he's going to take Peter, James, and John with him. Okay? And he's going to He's going to be transfigured before them. He's going to be in the glorified state, and he's going to have a conversation with Moses and Elijah, right? And Peter, James, and John get the privilege of witnessing that. And when it's over, Peter has what he thinks is a great suggestion. He says, we should make three tabernacles. You know, we should make three, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And then the voice from heaven again says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. In other words, you know, Peter, listen, be quiet and listen to me. Listen to my son. Okay. You have to understand, saints, every good idea is not the Lord. Okay. We have some great ideas. Oh, yeah, we should be doing this and we should do that. And they're fine. And, and they, they're good ideas. But every good idea does not come from God, okay? Or it's not the right thing for you to do at the time. Amen? Amen. Let's get back to this. All right, I want to read verse 34 again. For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God, for God does not give the spirit by measure. So just like God does not give the spirit to Jesus by measure, but it continually flows through him. Listen, when you receive the spirit of God, it doesn't, you don't receive it by measure either. Okay? It's the purpose of you having the spirit life is that the spirit of God will flow continually through you and with you. It's not like in the Old Testament, when the Spirit of God came upon somebody, it came upon um, the prophets, it came upon the priests, it came upon the, um, the judges and those guys, right? It's, and, and it was there, like, like Samson, the Spirit of God came upon Samson, but it wasn't there 24-7, okay? With you and me, because of what Jesus has done, when we receive the Spirit of God, we receive the Spirit of God completely, and we receive it continually, and we don't have the Spirit of God today and no Spirit tomorrow, okay? So it's not given by measure. Jesus is going to tell the woman at the well that, they, that God is a Spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in Spirit 
and in truth. Or, neither, or in other words, must worship him spiritually and truthfully. And then, then John tells him what Jesus is going to tell, that the father loves the son and has given all things into his hands. John is saying, listen, y'all, I, I know I was your preacher. I know I was your teacher, your rabbi. And I know I got some disciples and you've been following me. And, and that's a good thing. But I'm going, I'm going to decrease. Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. He is increasing. And at some point, you're not going to, you're going to leave me and go with him. Okay, that's what John's purpose. He says, I am a forerunner. I, I, I prepared the way. I came ahead of him to tell you that he's coming, to announce his coming. And now he is here. Now he is here. So you are going to go with him. I'm going to decrease and you are going to go with him. John understood that his vocation, his ministry was not gonna last forever. But the ministry of Jesus Christ lasts forever. More than just the time he was on the earth, he continues, his work continues. When we, when we read the book of Luke and we start off the book of Luke and Luke, I mean, not Luke, but the book of Acts, it talks about the things that Jesus began to do. All right, he began to do it and he continues to do it because the church is here. The body of Christ continues the work that he's doing. Okay, so, so, so here's what John is saying. The father loves the son and has given him everything. What we're talking about is all authority. All authority is given to the son, okay? All authority is given to the son and um, he gives him everything. And he who believes in the son has everlasting life, okay? And he who does not believe in the son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides in him. Oh my goodness. Here we go again. There's two sides to the gospel. There's two sides to the good news. There's the good news and the bad news. The good news is that if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. You know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall have everlasting life, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. But on the other side of that, whosoever does not believe in him, those who reject Jesus, those who do not follow after Jesus or come to faith in Jesus to be saved will go into judgment. You know, that's just how it is. John has said it. Jesus will say it. Uh, the apostles will say it. On the day of Pentecost, um, Peter's going to preach them, to them and say, save yourselves <laughs> from this perverse generation. In other words, come to faith in Jesus Christ and be saved. Believe on, the Je believe on Jesus. That's the gospel message, y'all. The gospel message is not just the good news, 
but it's the alternative. We have to give both sides of the message. We have to let people know that you must repent to be saved. You must come to faith in Jesus Christ and turn from your sins. That's what John was preaching. That's what John was preaching. He said, and I'll repeat it. He said that the law was not enough. Your religious practices was not enough. Um, the, the sacrifices that you made and the offerings that you gave, none of that was enough. You needed to repent. You need a change. And Jesus is going to come around and say that you must be born again. You've been born of the water. Now you must be born of the spirit. That's our message too. We must be born again. Everybody, everybody must be born again, right? And so when Jesus talks, you know, later on, we're gonna have we're gonna have a see Jesus talking to Nicodemus, one of the rulers, one of the teachers, and he's gonna he's gonna tell him, Nicodemus, you if you're you know if you can't understand the natural things, how are you gonna understand the spiritual things? You must be born again, Nicodemus. And Nicodemus is gonna say, how is that how is that possible? I can't get back in my mother's womb and be birthed over. Okay, he's gonna say that. And Jesus is gonna say, it's a spiritual thing. You need a spirit birth and you have that, receive that through faith in Jesus Christ. Okay, so here's the situation. The situation is this. John is preached and taught and baptized and pointed people to Jesus. Your ministry, my ministry, in everybody's ministry, even the Holy Ghost, always points to Jesus. You know what I'm saying? We point to Jesus. We don't point to ourselves. We don't point to our church. We don't point to all that we're doing. Everything we do is supposed to be pointing to Jesus and gives Jesus honor and glory. We do good works so our Father in heaven could be glorified point to Jesus, all right? Even, even the uh, gospel the gospel message and the, and the letters that the apostles wrote, they talk about Jesus. They say they identify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So what are we saying? We're saying that in the Old Testament, God was identified through the patriarchs, the God and Father, the God of our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In the New Testament and even today, God is identified through Jesus Christ. He's the God and Father of our Lord, Jesus Christ. And so that's what we have to do as well. We point to Jesus. If, we're, for, if we have a ministry and we have a vocation that's honoring or pointing somewhere else, <laughs> we're missing the mark. It's all about Jesus. So whatever you do, whatever you do in ministry, however you serve, whatever capacity you're in, whatever your ministry vocation is, or whatever you do, whatever you do in the church or in the para-ministry, para or however you serve, it's all to give glory to Jesus. It's all to give glory to God through Jesus Christ. It's also people can come to faith in Jesus Christ and trust in him. We want folks to trust 
in Jesus. You can't, you can't trust in the church. You can't trust in the pastors and the ministers and the elders. You can't trust in mom and dad and all those good people. We have to trust in Jesus. Amen. And that's what John preached. And that's what you and I have to preach. That's what we have to share. Give your testimony. When you give your testimony, you testify of what God has done. When you boast, you boast in Christ. All right? You don't boast in yourself. Look what I've done. I've reached this many. I've reached that many. I've done this. I've done that. You know, you, always, you only boast in Jesus. Matter of fact, the more you do, the more success that you think you have, the more humble we need to be. The more we need to bring ourselves down and say that it's only because of the grace of God these things were accomplished. Remember, I told you the story that I watched Larry King and um, Billy Graham was on the interview with Larry King and Larry King asked Billy Graham, uh, when you go to heaven, what do you want the Lord to say? And Billy Graham said, I want him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Then Billy Graham said, but I don't know if he will. And you know my reaction. At this point, I started talking to the TV. I said, man, you're Billy Graham. Look at, all, look at the numbers. Look at the people. Look at the influence that you have. But that man stood there and said that I don't know if he will. He has the right attitude. The evangelist, Dr. Billy Graham, Reverend Dr. Billy Graham had the right attitude. He says, I don't know if he will. He did not have an attitude that I've done enough and I've done so much and I know I'm good to go. He did not have that attitude, okay? His attitude, it says, I hope, I hope I've done what he's told me to do and I'm sure there is more for me to do. That should be our attitude, saints. We need to hope that we're doing the right thing. And we need to understand that there's more. As long as you have breath in your body, as long as you have a heartbeat, there's more work. <laughs> you know, some people want to sit in a rocking chair and say, okay, even if, you, even if you retire from the vocation that you're in, you're still not finished. You're still a believer. You still have people to testify to. You have work to do. You have, you have, you're still praying. You're, you're still witnessing. You're still sharing the gospel, even if you're not doing it from the pulpit or the microphone or wherever you used to do it. When you retire, there's still work to do. I hope you understand what we're saying here. I want to read you a portion of scripture from chapter four, the gospel of John chapter four. And I want you to look at what, what Jesus is doing. He said, therefore, when the Lord knew the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though he himself did not baptize but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee, but he needs to go through Samaria. It says here that Jesus said, Jesus recognized that the Pharisees were noticing something. The Pharisees, the religious leaders, you know, those guys, right? The religious leaders realized that Jesus, recognized that Jesus was drawing more disciples than John. 
and Jesus understanding that John's ministry was not yet finished, he decided to move on to another area and go to Galilee, but he decided to go through Samaria first. And if you read chapter four, that's where he goes through Samaria, which Samaria, Samaria was, was like outcasts. They're like, they're like your cousins who you don't like. <laughs> they, they're, they're children of Abraham as well. They're your cousins who you don't like because decisions they made back in the past during the, um, during the time of, when during the time when the people of Israel was taken away, okay? When they was exiled, okay? And so what happens is that the Jews didn't like the Samaritans. So Jesus goes through Samaria anyway, and he meets the woman at the well. And we're not here to talk about that today, but that's something special. He meets this woman at the well. He has a conversation with her. Um, he reveals that he is the Christ, the son of the living God. And he has a two-day crusade there in Samaria. <laughs> he has a two-day crusade there. Amen. But part of the reason that he went that way was because he was drawing disciples and John's ministry wasn't quite finished. Amen. So here's what we're saying. To recap, John says, and the key verse is, I must decrease, he must increase. I am not the Christ. I am not the groom. I am not the main event. I am just the one that announces. John is like the MC that announces the main event that's about to happen. That's who John is. And guess what? We're no better than that. We announce Jesus Christ. Announce Jesus Christ. Amen. Announce that Jesus is coming, that he is came, he has come. He has come. He's the Christ. He's the son of the living God. He died for my sins. He's risen again on the third day. Make that announcement. And make the announcement that he's risen again. And make the announcement that he's coming back. He's coming back. Okay? And so that's our job. We can be forerunners of the return of Christ. We can do the work that John the Baptist did. We can do the work that the apostles did. We can do the work that the prophets did. We can do the work that Jesus himself did. We share in his ministry. And I encourage you, all you believers to share in this ministry and announce Jesus. Amen. We thank God. We're glad that you spent this time with us. We want to have a word of prayer with you. And we trust that you receive the word. Now, Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for allowing this time together. We ask that you, that you have blessed. We trust that you have blessed the hearers of your word. We hope that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart has been acceptable in your sight. And we trust, Lord, that we have received what you have said through us, through this vessel. I pray, Lord, that the hearers of this word and our guests and those who have not come to faith in you will be drawn by your spirit. Draw them by your spirit, Lord, that the men and women will say yes to the men, women, and children say yes to you. And encourage the believers, encourage <laughs> the believers to work and do the work and share the gospel, give the testimony, love on people, and pray for others that they would be saved. 
We thank you for what you're doing even now. We are so grateful. And we thank you for everything. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is Pastor Faison, and we thank you so much for spending time with us this morning. Um, we hope that you are home, you're safe, and you're, you're doing well. We're praying for your safety. We're praying for your prosperity. We're praying for healing, salvation, and deliverance today. We want you to be well in Jesus Christ. And we thank you again for this time um, that you spent with us. God bless you. Thank you very much. We love you. Please stay safe. Pastors Theodore and Linda Faison, we would like to thank you for joining the Living Water Christian Center Church for our Sunday morning virtual service. Although the physical doors of our church may be closed, our ministry is committed to spreading the gospel message and staying connected with you as we shelter it to support our ministry with your tithes and offerings. You can use PayPal at Living Water CCC. Cash App at Living H2O Church or Zelle at 973-902-993. If you need any assistance or would like to send any prayer requests, you can contact us at 973-902-9933 or livingwater374 at gmail.com. We are also available via direct message at any of our social media platforms. Follow us at Living Water H2O Church on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to stay updated on our virtual worship services, Sunday school classes, prayer meetings, and Bible studies. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Be blessed and stay safe.